Uh, this morning we are continuing our, uh, serv- our series, our sermon series that will lead us up to Christmas. And I want to say at the very beginning this morning, I have been struggling all week with a horrible cold and my voice is still not right yet. So hopefully, hopefully you don't think it's somebody else standing up here that looks like me. I, that certainly doesn't sound like me. But I'm going to be asking you a question in this morning's text which is a very, very familiar text, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. We're going to ask the question, why the shepherds? And I want to jump right in this morning and read our text. If you have your Bible with you, I'd invite you to turn to Luke 2 right now and read along in your copy of God's Word. If not, it's going to be on the screen and you can read along from there. But if you will, as I ask you often uh, to honor the reading of God's Word, would you please stand? We see that God's word tells us in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you so much for the reading of your word. Lord, thank you for your plan, which came, which included coming to the earth as a baby and and walking on this earth. Father, I pray that we will not get so wound up in this season that we miss 
what we are celebrating. Father, right now, I pray that you will open our minds to this text. Lord, I know that this is such a familiar text to so many people. Lord, but I pray that you will allow us to see things this morning in this text that we have not noticed before. And Father, most of all, I pray that what we will see is you. I pray that we will see Jesus this morning. Father, I pray, as always, you will simply just move me out of the way. And I pray that the people will see you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. As we begin this morning, I just want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever found yourself in a situation in life where you ask the question, why me? Why is this happening to me? I don't understand. I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand why this is happening to my family. I don't understand why this has happened to my child. And if we're being honest, we have probably all at some point in our life asked ourselves the question, why me? Why is this happening? Well, I think as we look at the people involved in the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, likely several of those people asked themselves the exact same question when the angel appeared to Mary and filled her in on what was happening. You know, Mary asked the question, how can this be because I am a virgin? And I would venture to say that likely after all of that had sort of began to sink into Mary's mind, she likely started asking herself questions about what will my parents think? What will Joseph think? What are people going to say about me? Will they believe me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? And then when we fast forward to Joseph, after the angel appears to him in a dream and he knows that what Mary is saying is true, Likely, he is asking himself a lot of those same questions. What are people going to think? What are they going to say about us? What might they do to us? Why me? And then on top of that, he had that added responsibility of being the earthly father to the perfect child. I don't think that would have been easy. When you have a child that's much more advanced than you are. When you have a child that's perfect and you're not. There was a lot of weight put on his earthly shoulders. Very likely, he asked himself the question, why me? Today, we're going to be taking a look at the shepherds. Why the shepherds? You know, when when this bright light was revealed to them in the middle of the night that changed their course from that point forward, most likely they asked themselves the question, why us? At least they wondered, why us? Why is this happening to us? We're going to be looking at some things like that in this morning's text. As we begin to drill down in these verses, I shared with Brother Blake earlier in the week that one of my concerns about preaching this particular text is that for the ones of you who have been in church for any length of time, you've heard this story over and over and over and over. And one of my concerns is, is just the moment that you hear the words in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, is that you just automatically shut down. 
because you know the story. I want to encourage you not to do that this morning. I think there's some things in here that perhaps you haven't seen before. I know I've certainly learned some things as I, as I prepared for this this morning. But we see in these three verses that a decree has been issued that the whole empire should be registered. And it says this first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Now, I want to just sort of try to set the context and just let you know that this would not have been an easy process. Just imagine, what if this were happening right here in Greensburg, Kentucky today? For the ones of you who have always been from Greensburg, whose entire families have always been from Greensburg, maybe for you, it wouldn't be that big a deal. But if you have not always been from Greensburg, you're going to have to go back to wherever your family has come from through the generations. And there's no automobiles. There's no airplanes. There's no good roads. This was not an easy process. But even though it wasn't easy, they still had to do it. Verse 4, we see that Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. So again, the, the journey was not easy. But compounding that is the fact that Mary is pregnant. Can you imagine women making that journey that rough journey and being very pregnant at the same time. It was not easy. But again, it was required, even though it was not easy. And then while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And you know, I wonder when that time came, and they're somewhere, they're, they're away from their family. She's away from her mother. She's away from basically any support that she could have had other than Joseph. I wonder what Mary was feeling at that moment. I wonder if that thought temporarily entered her mind. Why me? Why now? Why is this happening right here in this strange place? Well, I want to remind you one of the reasons, the main reason it's happening is because it was ordained to happen. Micah 5.2 says, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. And his name is Jesus. So that time came for Mary to give birth. And so she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, when I was a child growing up, um, I think the King James Version says she wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And as a child growing up, I really thought she did that because there was nothing else available. I thought that was the only thing that she could find to wrap him in. But that's not necessarily the case. As I was preparing for this morning's message, 
One of the commentaries that I read said it was the custom in that time. They thought that the baby's arms and legs were to remain straight. So they wrapped them tightly in cloth so they couldn't move their hands and arms. I never knew that before. But then she laid him in a manger. That same place where cows had eaten. That was the first bed of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In that place that was not sanitary at all. It's where the Savior of the world was born. Folks, it's not an accident that Jesus was born in a stable. It's not an accident that He was placed in a manger. By that, it makes Him relatable to all people. All people, not just one certain class of people. And then it says, because there was no guest room available for them. You know, sometimes we, we know the story of the birth of Jesus, don't we? And it's really tempting for us to look at this innkeeper and say, he should have done something. The Savior of the world is getting ready to be born, and he didn't have room for him. He didn't have time for him. It is really easy for us to be critical of that innkeeper. But before we cast criticism on that man, we've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He didn't know the rest of the story. He didn't know who Jesus was. We do. We know the end of the story. We know who Jesus is. I wonder, do we have time for him? Do we have room in the end of our heart for Jesus? I wonder, do we? Not long ago as I was preaching one Sunday morning, I, get, I included a quote from somebody that said, if the devil can't make you bad, he will make you busy. He will make you busy. And I don't know if that impacted anybody else or not, but from that moment, it's like I cannot get that off of my mind. And it caused me to take a really hard look at my calendar. And as a result, I had to make some difficult decisions. Some really difficult decisions. Because, you see, if we are not careful, we will have time for everything. And it can be all good things. But it causes us to not have time for the main thing, which is Jesus Christ. So I wonder this morning, do we have room in the end of our heart for Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Or do we need to adjust our calendars? So now as we look at verses 8 through 12, I want to continue this theme of why was it that this was revealed to the shepherd. But before we get into these verses, I want to just tell you just some background information on shepherding or shepherds in these times. At the time this was written, shepherding had changed from a family business to a despised occupation. Many shepherds were accused of robbery and using lands that they had, land that they had no rights to. Shepherding was a lonely occupation, especially at night. They had to keep watch to be sure that the sheep didn't wake up and wander off or be attacked by a predator. 
So with that in mind, why would God use these people? Why would God use these people that were in a despised occupation, that were accused of robbery, that were working in a lonely occupation? Why would he choose those people? But when we look at the earthly ministry of Jesus, who did he spend the most time with? People that sounded a lot like that, didn't he? He dealt with some really messy people. Some really messy people. So it's not an accident that he chose the shepherds. It is not an accident that he chose the shepherds. Look at verse 9 and 10. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. You know, I imagine they were. They were at a dark place. Minding their own business, doing their job, even though it was a despised occupation. And suddenly it goes from dark to very, very light. I imagine they were terrified. I would have been. I would have been. You know, what if you were in your home and the lights are off and suddenly every light in the place is on? Something's wrong. It would get your attention, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Does that sound familiar? Don't be afraid. You know, when the angel appeared to Mary, what, what was the message? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. When Joseph had the dream and the angel appeared to him, what did they say? Do not fear. Don't be afraid. So it's not an accident that this angel is telling these shepherds not to be afraid. But then the angel is saying, look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. Everyone, everywhere. You know, I think one of the things that I don't want us to miss this morning is when we are talking about the gospel, we are talking about good news. That is the way that the word gospel is translated And I also want to be sure that we get that the gospel is meant for all people. Earlier this week, I spent a couple of days at the Kentucky Baptist Convention for a mission board meeting. And one of those days, I heard a sermon that got my attention. And the title of that sermon was, Are We Pursuing Who Jesus Pursued? Are we pursuing who Jesus pursued? And you know, the easy answer is yes. The easy answer is yes. But are we really? You know, it sounds good when we say we want to reach our whole community. We want to reach the state of Kentucky. We want to reach the United States of America. We want to go into the world. We want to reach everybody. But folks, I'm going to tell you, we've got to start at home. We have got to start at home. And it sounds really good to say, yeah, we want to reach everybody. But what happens once we start doing that? Once we experience problems with the bus kid, what do we want to do then? Folks, I'm going to tell you, some of those bus kids may very well be the next great pastor or evangelist. We have got to reach those kids. Will it be messy sometimes? Yes, it will be. But Jesus dealt with messy people. We have to as well. 
the gospel is meant for all of the people. And we cannot be afraid. We cannot be afraid to take the gospel into our community. We cannot be afraid to reach the people, all people of Greensburg and Green County. I want you to know this morning that the gospel brings joy, not fear. Always joy, not fear. The joy came to those shepherds and to Joseph and Mary, but God wants it to come to everybody. He wants it to come to all of you. He wants it to come to everybody everywhere. Now this morning, the Advent candle represents joy. And they say that it's supposed to be pink or rose color. I'm taking it for granted that it is because most of you know that I'm colorblind. But I'm going to light this candle this morning to represent Joy, And I want to remind you that joy does not come from something that you earn. It doesn't. If that's where your joy comes from, at very best, it's temporary. It will not last. It doesn't come from any possession that you have, whether you have bought it with your money or whether you have inherited inherited it or whether it has been given to you. If your joy comes from any of those places, it will not last. But true joy, true joy comes through Jesus Christ and only through Him. And I wonder, do you have that joy today? Do you have that joy? Verse 13, suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Now, I'm going to tell you, have you ever noticed that most often peace and joy go together? Most often they do. Peace and joy go together. So often we pray for people to have that peace that passes all understanding, and we pray that your hearts and mind will be guarded in Christ Jesus. If that happens, you're going to have joy. You will have joy. Joy in the times that are joyful. And also joy in those times that you had just as soon not happened. Those things that you don't understand. Those times that you might be prone to ask yourself the question, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my family? You can still have joy in the midst of that trial. If our eyes is on, are on Jesus Christ, if our focus is on Him. Now, I want us to learn here that there are three things that we can observe and how the shepherds, when we look at the lives of these shepherds in the remaining verses in this passage, there are three things that they can do that we can learn from them. The first thing is that they respond. They respond, look at verse 15 and 16. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now these these shepherds had heard the angel of the Lord speak. They had received a message directly from the Lord. And they responded immediately. What do we do today? How many times do we hear a message from the Lord and we choose to do nothing about it? 
or we choose to analyze all the reasons why we should not be able to do it or why we shouldn't do it or how it might cost too much or any of the number of reasons this is not a convenient time, even though we know we have heard the voice of the Lord. You know, it probably wasn't convenient for those shepherds to leave everything they were doing and go to Bethlehem. But they did it anyway. They did it anyway. And they didn't, they didn't hesitate. They went immediately. They hurried off. So I think the first thing that we can understand and learn from these shepherds is that when we hear from the voice of the Lord, we are meant to do something with it. And we're not supposed to drag our feet. Whether or not it makes sense to our human minds. The second thing we see the shepherds doing is that they share. Verses 17 through 19. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. We start to see these shepherds become the first evangelist. They received the gospel and they begin to tell it. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. They shared the message. I, I imagine these people were excited. First of all, their night had been disrupted. And then they go and see exactly what the angel said was true. Well, guess what? When the Lord speaks, it is true. It happens. What the Lord says is going to happen does. We shouldn't be surprised when we hear the voice of the Lord and we follow through on it and then it happens. That should not be a surprise to us. But so often we appear amazed. Well, yeah, it really did happen. He really did mean it. We forgot to take him at his word. And then they returned and they praised the Lord. They glorified and praised God. For all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Do we do the same thing? How often do we really praise the Lord? How often do we really praise the Lord? Sometimes on Sunday mornings, yes. But what does Monday through Saturday look like? What, what in our houses, in our daily walk, in our jobs... What does Monday through Saturday really look like? Do we praise the Lord in the midst of those situations when we don't understand? We should. We should. I want to challenge you to. Those shepherds did. Perhaps that's one of the reasons that this was revealed to the shepherds. They were in a lowly occupation. They, they were going to praise the Lord. And I think another reason this was revealed to the shepherds is... What if this message had been revealed to a king or a priest? Maybe people would have thought that it only applied to people in a high social status. But since this message was initially revealed to people that were lowly, it applies to all people. It was not a mistake. And as we prepare to close out this morning, I want to remind you that who we're really talking about this morning, who we're really talking about every time that we preach, is Jesus. And it is only Jesus. Everything that's happened in this morning's text up to right now, Jesus had not been officially named. But he's going to be named now. His name is Jesus. Verse 21 
When the eight days were completed for a circumcision, he was named Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived. And I want to quickly go to a a text that Brother Blake preached a few weeks ago. Luke 1, uh, verse 33-33. This is how we're going to close this morning. Then the angel told her, here we go again, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Jesus. Folks, there really is something about that name. There's power in the name of Jesus. It's not just a song that we sing. There's power in the name of Jesus. It's not just something that we talk about. It's really true. I wonder, do you know this man named Jesus today? Because guess what? He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. One day he's coming back. It will be a glorious day for many people. It will be a horrible day for many other people. I wonder today, do you know this man named Jesus? If you don't, you can today. Because this is how it covered in this message. The gospel is for all people. If you don't know him today, I would love to introduce you to Jesus. Your life will never be the same. He will transform you. He will transform you. Would you pray with me, please? Jesus, thank you for being our Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that you will be with us now in this service. Lord, I pray that you will move throughout this sanctuary. Lord, I pray that decisions will be made for you. Father, I pray especially this morning for the people that do not know you as their Lord and Savior. Or I also pray for the people that may be confused, that maybe they have come forward as a child and they have at some point in their life realized that it wasn't real. But now they're embarrassed to come forward and make that public. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will move in this place today. Lord, I pray that decisions will be made. I pray that people will be saved. And I pray that lives will be changed. Father, I pray that you will simply have your way in this place today. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it all. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.